بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم الحمد لله الله سبحانه وتعالى has created us and he has prepared the way for us to go back to Jannah where we came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants human beings to return to their destination so we came into this world with the objective of going back home Jannah is our original address and uh, this world is a world in which we work and we do good deeds and we believe that one day we'll return to our original abode where Adam and Hawa lived and that is the purpose of our life here when you have this world view and when you have this purpose in mind and you work towards it you develop an opinion and then an attitude of endurance longevity steadfastness patience resilience stamina all of that if you don't have this objective and this purpose in life then uh, everything that i've just said uh, will not be there except in terms of enjoying this life so there's a difference between how a muslim has stamina energy resistance resilience perseverance and a non-muslim having the same characteristics they also have stamina and determination and steadfastness and endurance and longevity and they they do everything as it seems in a very aggressive way but their purpose is served only until they die because they have no real hope yeah, for the future after death um, so the kuffar they have lost hope from the people in the grave meaning that non-muslims if something happens to them or their family members and they lose someone then the idea of grappling with death and uh, understanding death and trying to wrap their minds and brains around death and coping with death and uh, grievance and uh, disappointments and failures all of that is a very diff different psyche altogether for the muslim because he knows he's going somewhere after he dies and hence in our culture in, in the muslim culture we do have a culture which is purely muslim by the way it's not just desi culture arabic culture or afro-american culture or hispanic culture we have an islamic culture 
in the way we think about our lives here and the Akhirah, we have a culture. And that culture sets the tone for the way we behave with death and the way we behave with our deceased. So we're not, we're not nonchalant about death. We're very serious about it. And we're not nonchalant about the people who die. We're very serious about it. But the way we take care of our deceased and the way we handle death is considerably and significantly different from the way others do because the way others do is not premised on any hope for the akhirah. Any hope for a life after they die. Now, in principle, they may say that uh, Jesus is their redeemer and they all go into heaven or whatever it is they believe in. But it's not the same with a Muslim. A Muslim knows primarily that Allah will judge him. There is a day of judgment. And a Muslim knows primarily that there's no redeemer. A Muslim knows in his basic aqidah from the day he, that he is born until he dies that he will have to answer for his actions. And he is responsible for his actions because one day he will meet Allah and Allah may just ask him and uh, take an audit and then show him this way or that way. So the, the way that a Muslim frames his understanding of this life is premised on his aqidah of the afterlife, the world hereafter. And that doesn't happen with the non-Muslim as the Qur'an attests to all the time. So we are fortunate that the prophets came, the Anbiya came, our Prophet came to rescue us from the very short-sighted understanding of life in this world. Our understanding of our lives is based on the Prophet direction that you, when you die, you are transferred to another world. And you will continue living in that world. On their judgment, you will be resurrected with your body, mind, and soul, and everything. And then you will live forever with your mind, body, and whatever it is there. So this is how we are very different from others in terms of our identity. And that's the point I'm trying to make here today that a Muslim's worldview is based on what he or she wants to do for the Akhirah. At least in theory, at least in principle, this is the Aqeedah we have. Therefore, the way we tackle issues in this world and the way we handle problems in this world is very different, significantly different from the way non-Muslims handle their issues and their problems. And why is that? Because we believe in sabr, and we believe in reward, we believe in shukr, we believe that Allah, inshallah, will through his fadl and his grace and mercy, his rahmah, he will forgive us. That's what we believe. So now, I'll give you a concrete example. God forbid somebody loses something, a job, a family member 
loses a car in an accident or loses whatever, doesn't pass an exam. How does a Muslim take that loss? The Muslim takes that loss according to the Prophet with the intent and the belief that, okay, this is a loss, but I, I can move myself out of this and I can believe that Allah will reward me for this loss. And that prompts him to move forward and not to remain in that pit, not to remain bogged down in that problem. And this is all based on us understanding that every Muslim is Muslim because he or she believes in salvation for himself on the Day of Judgment. That's the only reason we're Muslim. Why? Because everything else seems to overlap with everything else everyone else in the world does. Unless, of course, you adopt that mindset. And herein lies the problem with many Muslims today that they adopt the mindset of believing that this world is the only world and therefore we must do everything to gain and then acquire and then hoard everything we can do in this world. Whereas the Quran says, wa that seek provisions for yourselves and the best provision is that of taqwa meaning this provision of taqwa is going to help me in my qabr in my grave this is going to help me on the day of judgment and it will help me in jannah so i have to store or send forward Something that's going to help me when I'm in the grave. And then Muslims don't do that. Because they don't believe they have to. Or they don't believe in the hereafter period. So a Muslim is going to be cautious. That if he or she is going to end up with a problem. That they don't end up in kufr. And disbelief in Allah. One of the unfortunate diseases which has become cancerous in the community is the disease and cancer of atheism. That more and more young people, when they go to college, university, and they discover freedom of thought, all of a sudden, then they say, that, well, I was a Muslim all my life and I didn't see anything. Well, that's based on the premise that you want to see everything in this life. And a Muslim doesn't premise his life on that theory. A Muslim premises his life on the aqidah that I will see the results of my actions when? After I die. Not in this world. Because if I'm praying, I want the reward of my prayer after I die. I don't want it in this world. If I'm fasting, I want to see the results of my fasting on the Day of Judgment, not here. If I'm going for Hajj, I want to see the result of that Hajj on the Day of Judgment, not here. And likewise, Zakat. 
So all the four pillars of Islam after the Shahadatain tell you, inform you that the reason you are performing these acts of ibadah and Islamic deeds is because you want to invest for your life after you die, which is a paradox. Because the non-Muslim says, life after death? Death means there's no life afterwards. And for us, death means that you're transferred from this life to another life. So death for us is a transferal. That's why in Arabic and Urdu, we call it intiqal. We call it intiqal. Intiqal means to transfer from one place to another. So the way you might want to counsel someone who's leaning towards atheism, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you there are so many of them. There'll be closet atheists in the Muslim community all over the place. Because, they, as I said, they, they, they are overwhelmed with the idea of freedom of thought. I can think any which way I want to, which you can. The Quran says, فَمَنْ شَافَ الْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَافَ الْيَكْفُرْ Whoever wants to believe, they may believe. And whoever wants to make kufr, they can make kufr. Like Rahaf al-Din, there's no compulsion. But if you believe this way, the way of kufr, you will end up in a place that you don't want to end up in. And that's not an empty threat. Meaning that if you premise all your ideology, your theory, and everything that you believe in, in this world for 60, 70, 80 years, then you end up, when you go to the grave, with a cultural shock. And you're met with angels who are fierce and ferocious. And it's a cultural shock. You don't know what's happening. So that's why in the Muslim culture, when someone dies, we are calm about it. We're not carefree. And why are we not carefree? Because we wash the body. We don the body with the coffin. And we offer Salatul Janazah, sending the body and the deceased to Allah. Allah, we are sending this person to you. So please take care of him in the other world. He is now your guest. And that's how we send people off. We don't do what others do and then remain in the dungeon of depression and loss and failure that we can't handle death. The so Muslims are taught how to handle death. Why? Because if you handle death, you'll be able to handle life after death. That's the beauty of Islam. So Islam's platform of thinking is beyond this world. So if you truly want to be liberated and you want freedom of thought, you should stay in Islam. Why? Because Islam tells you about life after death. Islam tells you about what you will face when you die. No scientist is going to tell you what's going to happen to you after you die. No one can tell you that. Why? Because they don't have access to that world. 
if they have access to that world, they can't come back. No one who's gone there has ever returned to say, I have experienced death. And this is what I saw, a near-death experience. They don't count. The issue is if you go to the other side, you never come back. That's just the rule. No one comes back. So who now tells us that this is something that is real, life after death? Who tells us this? A Nabi tells us. Why? Because the Nabi has access to Wahi. And Wahi gives you knowledge of what happens before time, in time, and after time. So the platform of knowledge that Wahi brings is far greater, a trillion times greater than any platform of knowledge anyone can find in this world. Your mind, your imagination, your intellect cannot perceive anything beyond this life. It's not capable. And every scientist will tell you that. Every atheist will tell you that. Even though they disbelieve there is life after that, they will tell you that our thinking is limited to this life. And what does the Prophet say? That you're not limited to this life. And I'm going to give you the tool by which you're going to think about life after death. So anyone wants to contest the idea that we have freedom of thought, when we become atheists, they're fools. That's not the case. If you say you have freedom of thought, then why don't you think about what's going to happen to you after you die? You say, well, we'll become the Quraysh and the Kuffar of Makkah, they said the same thing. That who's going to revive the bones after we die? So Allah says, Allah will. The same one who gave you birth from a sperm. The same one who created you from dust in the first place. He's going to revive you. That's our answer to those people who might be thinking that in Islam we are narrow-minded. And we don't allow people to think. We allow you to think beyond death. And we give you information what happened to you. Where you were before you came to this world. Allah tells us that in the Quran. The hadith tells us where we were before we came here. So the wahi, wahi is a platform which includes every creation of Allah. Every phase of man's existence is covered by wahi. And it is because people don't know Islam to begin with that they reject Islam. Our rejection of Islam is based on pure ignorance of Islam. And that ignorance breeds arrogance which is based on vanity. So what I'm saying is that the way a Muslim handles death and the way a Muslim sees himself is very different from how a non-Muslim sees himself and how a non-Muslim handles or doesn't handle death. So we are blessed. This is Allah's fadl on us that Allah gave us access to the Prophet ﷺ and through him to the Quran and through him to the Sunnah and through him to the Sahaba. And we are liberated because our thinking goes beyond time.
Our knowledge goes beyond time. It goes into the Akhirah. It goes into eternity. We have knowledge of what's going to happen in Jannah. And we have knowledge of what's going to happen in hell. Who gave us this knowledge? The Prophet <coughs> So we are blessed. Islam is a blessing because it liberates you from being confined to this world and gives you freedom of thinking about another world. When physicists now talk about parallel universe and existence outside of this universe, they're seen as geniuses. Wow, wow, amazing. And Muslims, they jump onto the bandwagon. Wow, what a discovery. Say, Baba, for the life of me. The Prophet introduce you to eternity. And you never say, Subhanallah, you never say, Alhamdulillah, you never say, Allahu Akbar. He's introducing you to a way of thinking after you die. And yet you say, This is good. So it's faulty. Yeah. It is very presumptuous for a Muslim to assume that they only live in this world and they don't live after they die. If they don't have this aqeedah of life after death, they're not Muslim, period. So that is why we must see the beauty, the glory, and the superiority of Islamic thought. That is what's going to save us and our children from eventual doom and also failure in the world. Because when you are close-minded, narrow-minded, when you are myopic or even blind, then you can't see anything. But when you have this vision, like I have life after I die, subhanAllah, I can see it very clearly. Then your iman gives you nur. Your iman gives you intellect beyond the intellect of someone who doesn't believe in the akhirah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to enter Jannah, inshallah, without any hisab, and to be with all the Prophets and our Prophets sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there, inshallah.